Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send your questions to Facebook or Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Today's Monday, the 26th, and the election, uh, 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 the official election day, voting day, is coming up. Coming up quick. Uh, eight days. Yeah. Less than eight days away. Not that anybody's really keeping up with what's going on. I have to say that, uh, you know, this has been an interesting time. I know we've. We've gotten feedback from people. By the way, I'm so glad you joined us today. If you're just tuning in for SWAT uh, radio for the first time, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. You know, Taylor, sometimes you forget. People think, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about, yeah, I'm happy to be on your podcast. And I'm like, well, it's a radio program. (laughs) The podcast is what we do with the programs after they've aired. We are live yeah. in studio, Taylor Johnson and me, and we are discussing uh, for the first 15 minutes or so what's going on. Sometimes we bleed over because we just talk about the relevant, practical truth of God's word and culturally what's going on. Uh, you've got a I voted uh, sticker on, which means you mm-hmm. exercised your rights to go vote. I'm glad you did that. A lot of people aren't. I know some people say they're writing in Jesus, which I know you've done that before. Yeah, I did that. Uh, but hopefully, after ago. hearing Doctor Grudem, you you realize that uh, that that really doesn't do anything. I mean, because uh, I mean, it may in in theory it sounds great, you know, because there's nobody not worth voting for. But in reality. You, sometimes you have to vote, and I'm not saying this about either one of them, but I'm saying even if, let's say every candidate's bad, sometimes you got to vote between a Stalin and Hitler to to do what's best for your country. You pick one that you feel best, and we are looking at platforms, not personalities. And we had Wayne Grudem on three weeks ago, Tommy Nelson two weeks ago, Dr. Al Mohler last week, to talk about, as believers— you know, being an influence for the election. And I have to say that I know there are a lot of people that are um, that have been trying to lobby evangelicals to vote for probably one of the most radical um, pro-abortion tickets. They mm-hmm. call it pro-choice, but pro-abortion tickets, pro-homosexual rights tickets in my lifetime which means they will legislate this stuff and continue to use taxpayer funds, um, which I I just don't think is a good use of our money. And I think it's wrong morally. And so, and people are making a lot of arguments about it, but 
It was interesting. I, I think I told you there was a documentary that just came out that my wife and I saw last night called The Plot Against the President. If you have not seen it, um, no matter which side of the political spectrum you're on, I highly encourage you to watch it because as a former FBI agent, it turned my stomach at how the FBI, the CIA, our intelligence agencies that supposedly exist for the the uh, well-being of our country and the safety of our country were leveraged and used in a way that really made Watergate look awful. This is not political spin. This this is a documentary. This is two former State Department people who put this documentary together, and they talked about how if it had not been for uh, Republican Congressman Devin Nunes, mm. none of this stuff would have came out, and he has gone through a really tough road because of it. But it, it was it's scary to see what they did. But M- Michael Flynn has basically been railroaded into a charge, and the media has ignored it. If it would have been anybody on the other side, had it been somebody in the Obama administration that happened to like that, it would have been awful. But because he came out against uh, James Comey, uh, Jim Clapper, and Brennan, who basically were highly political figures that were heading up these intelligence agencies, um, they... And and he was told, Michael Flynn was told not to uh, was told to lie to the American people when he was testifying before Congress about certain intelligence things, and he refused to do it. And so that he he was a guy that stood against the grain, and I think that's why President Trump liked him, brought him in, and he was vilified as somebody who did a bunch of stuff against with Russia that was wrong when in reality he didn't. They painted him to be a traitor. I know. Yeah. And that's that's serious stuff. And, I mean, there are people that said Devin Nunes was a traitor. And so I, I highly encourage you, if you have not seen that film, it's on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure where else it is. You can go to Amazon. But Amazon took two weeks to approve it because they had to check the content. Mm. This is the same Amazon that puts a lot of, pornographic stuff on there and other stuff mm-hmm. with a two-day review but it took them two weeks to review this you know why well we all know why because there's such a media bias and and listen i i have had very healthy political conversations with people who differ with me and i think that's good in fact uh, jim dennison today had an article taylor and it was good he talked about two neighbors how to Stay friends with people that you have conflicting political views. And he said, these two neighbors, they said, we don't see our neighbors as Democrats. They're the Mitchells. We know they're good people who live next door and we love them. Even though they're deeply divided on political issues, they get together every week. Their kids play football together and hockey together. And they have conversations that are civil and they disagree. What a concept to disagree with somebody and still be civil. But they do that. Well, it says the Gates home, which is their neighbors, display a Trump yard sign. The Mitchells have a Biden sign. But next to the sign, it says, 
we heart them, and it points yeah. over to our neighbor. So I, I, I think it's really encouraging to hear a story like that. But anybody with into any intellectual honesty who watched the CBS News interviews of President Trump and Vice President Biden has to admit it is so lopsidedly. I mean, when I watched uh, the interview, uh, Leslie Stahl treated Donald Trump like a an opposing counsel on the witness stand trying to tear down every argument and thing that was there. Mm-hmm. Now, the the lady that interviewed Joe Biden was like his attorney trying to bring out the good story and and lay out all his defenses. It was just so lopsided. And it's that way. I mean, the mainstream media still has not said a word about Bobulinski, who yeah. was a business partner of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. He met Joe Biden. They still haven't brought this up. That's just wrong. It's just wrong to try to suppress that information. It feels like we're a one-party state. Mm-hmm. And as believers, we can get really frustrated and allow it to cause us to worry like God's not in control. Mm-hmm. So I want to remind people, first of all, God's in control and everybody will pay a price for doing things that are wrong. I mean, if you don't have Jesus, you're going to play the ultimate price, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. And we should not want, wish that on anybody. But even with Jesus, you can't go in disobedience to him and do things that are wrong without discipline in your life. That's what we're talking about this week. In fact, uh, later in the program and uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, we're going to be talking about how God uses suffering as discipline in the life of believers. But, I mean, I think that's probably been the most discouraging thing for me is to see how how lopsided. It wouldn't it be nice if people actually just gave the voters a chance to hear legitimately both sides, interrogate both of them. Mm -hmm. I don't care that they interrogate Trump. Interrogate him. Let him respond, but do the same thing to Biden, too, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, well, my personal opinion is that if that happened, then the American people would overwhelmingly side with uh, one side or, or over the other. And so they don't want to let that happen because they have an agenda. Um, you think? You think there's an yeah. agenda out there? I mean, if you just look at, like you said, the cover, the coverage of Hunter Biden and Burisma and then with uh, the Chinese and you compare that to um the russia hoax uh they say oh we can't cover the biden stuff because it can't be corroborated and yet they ran for four years with a lie about the russia collusion uh so you can't really say oh well, we're just and, well they to- used the the steel dossier which was nothing but fabrication anyway mm-hmm. well it, it's really funny when we come back we, we'll have a few more comments about this but that movie again because i got a, a an email about it the Plot Against the President is the name of the movie. It's a documentary on Amazon Prime. The Plot Against the President. I highly encourage you to see it. It just was approved two days ago. So see it, share it. It should make everybody call their congressman and senator and say, hey, please don't let this kind of stuff happen again. Yeah, so we will be back with more after the break. Uh, you can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. We would also like to give a shout out to our listeners in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Uh, SWAT Radio stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we talked a little bit in the first segment, as we do uh, each day, about the news of the day um, with the election gearing up and uh, going to happen in eight days. We were focusing on that. Uh, and we're Did going you to- see the interviews by chance? Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, and I, I got a... Uh, a quick email from one of our listeners. I always appreciate uh, the response. And he pointed out that uh, the interviewer on Biden did expose three lies that he said or some falsehoods. I, you know, it's not even to me just the 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 content. Oh, is as much the 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 attitude towards mm-hmm. it, it just. Uh, you know, it's interesting to watch, and maybe this is Trump. Maybe he brings it on himself, mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, because of his personality. But if you just turn off the sound to the interview and watch the interviews and watch the body language and watch the response, uh, uh, I was just struck by the Vice President Biden looked like he was having a casual conversation with somebody, and Trump looked like he was in an argument with somebody. It was just an and it's it's true. I mean, like, if if you look back over the last three and a half years, even a lot of Democratic people acknowledge that they have gone after him at every uh, stretch. And here's the thing. Trump has flaws. No question about it. He's a flawed man like we all are. And like Tommy Nelson said, we're not uh, voting for a Sunday school teacher. Um, but Biden has flaws, too. But as much as people have looked in and if you see this documentary i promise you you will see all they have searched and searched and searched for 
things to charge him with to get him out of there. I mean, for three and a half years, mm-hmm. that's been the, the goal is to expose crime, some criminal activity. They can't find it. I mean, and, and I'm shocked because he, you know, when you, you, you look at the life he's led, he's been, uh, had a lot of money and all this. They have turned over stone after stone trying and literally, literally Roger Stone trying mm-hmm. to find people that will testify against him, things that will happen. And they've not been able to find anything that was right. I mean, everything's been fabricated. The whole Russian, Adam, I mean, uh, Schiff is still saying this stuff. And I, again, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too far into it, but it's just ludicrous. The, watch this documentary. I really encourage um, people to watch this, the plot against the president, and and then go and, and do research on it. It is really astounding to me the way they weaponize the FBI and the CIA. And I work for the FBI. I know protocol. I know policy and what we were supposed to do and how we did stuff. And it was unbelievable, the stuff that the FBI did. And then Comey brags about it. Mm. And it's embarrassing to me. And I pray and hope and I call on the FBI to start cleaning house and stop this insanity of not doing what we're supposed to do. The FBI stands for, you know, fidelity, bravery, and integrity. And it has been shameful, the stuff that happened under Jim Comey. And I pray that this stuff gets exposed and come out. This movie is part of it. And again, it's two State Department people that put this out there and, and exposed it. And it really was just a documentary of how none of this stuff would have happened because they thought Hillary was going to win in 16. Yeah. And had she won, none of this would have ever came out anyway. Uh, and, and in fact, a lot of this stuff didn't even happen until December 16. It's, that's when it started mm-hmm. coming out. But there was stuff going on before that, but it really came out then. So anyway, um, well, you know, what we're looking at this week is, I think, really good for us to consider in light of our, our journey through Hebrews. We've been talking about the race, the faith race. And, you know, if you just tune in to SWAT Radio each week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, what we do is we we work through a book of the Bible. We've been working through Hebrews, and we're in chapter 12. This week we're in verses 5 through 17. And just as a quick review before we go to our half-hour break, I want to remind our listeners that this letter was written to three groups of people that made up one faith community. It's a lot like our churches today. You had people that were all in. You had people that were um, not all in, people that intellectually had bought in, but they had never had a heart change. And then you had people that were still trying to contemplate and figure out, is Jesus the way I want to go? All of them were from a Jewish faith background. They worshiped in the temple. For them, the most important feature was the high priest. Every year, that's what covered their sins as a family so that they would go through the next year and be okay with God. And so the writer wrote this to tell the people, come to Jesus. He's superior to everyone, to angels, Moses, Joshua, the high priest, the old covenant, all these things. And he's calling them to come to Jesus and be all in with him. But he warns them, and we've covered four warnings. The first one was in chapter 2, 
where he's warning groups two and three, and even one, but one can't lose their salvation, but groups two and three never really possessed it. So he's warning them, don't drift. Now, he never says in the letter, you guys are unbelievers. You know, he just tells them, come all in with Jesus. And this first warning in chapter two is don't drift from the message. In chapter three, he says, don't harden your heart. Chapter five and six, he says, don't waver. Don't don't waver back and forth between this system and Jesus. Be all in with Jesus. In chapter 10, he says, don't be an apostate. You have, you know, all the information. Now go ahead and surrender. Come all in with Jesus. And so in chapter 11, he showed us, well, let me go back to chapter 10. He says, my righteous ones do not shrink back. They live by faith. And what he's saying is the righteous persevere because theirs is a true legitimate faith. They have the Holy Spirit living in them that continues to discipline them and keep them in the race, even though they feel like giving up. And so chapter 11, he starts laying out all these people that that happened to. The first one was Abel back in Genesis. And in Genesis um, right, the first book of the Bible, uh, he shows that Abel brought the right sacrifice. It was a sacrifice of blood because Leviticus 17 says, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And the second uh, person was Enoch, who showed us the difference between knowing about God and knowing God intimately. And then we saw Noah, the demonstration of our faith in a pagan world, what it looks like to run the faith race in the middle of a pagan world. And that's what it looked like in Noah. And then he reveals Abraham, the father of our faith. And we saw a man called, a man tested, a man whose God power was revealed through, and then ultimately one who lived out God's purpose. And God said, I'm not ashamed to be called as God. And we know him as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and God of Jacob. And then we saw um, him mention Moses and teach us about Moses' life, how our faith race consists of choices constantly where we choose God over the world. Moses chose God's perspective over man's possessions. He chose God's purity over man's pleasure. He chose all these things that were uh, eternal versus the temporary when he walked away from Pharaoh's house Mm -hmm. to be with the Hebrew people. And then he went through and he talked about Joshua, Rahab, uh, showing us the book of Joshua, then the book of Judges. He mentioned Samson, Jephthah, uh, and and in Samta, Samson and Jephthah and uh, Barak, uh, he he's showing us people that were flawed, but were faithful, and and that was really good to see because that encourages me that I don't have to be perfect. Yeah, you know these were flawed people, but they were faithful. And then he goes through the prophets, and all of chapter eleven just puts these people on display, and he shows us what courage looked like and conviction look like in all of them. Well, then last week we um, we looked at um, chapter 12 where he says, because of all these people, now you got to run this race, run it with, according to God's plan. you got to run it according to his purpose, run it according to his pattern. And, and he says to put off every weight that weighs you down because they used to train with weights, and then on race day they'd take them off. And he says, put off every sin. That's unbelief. And he says, look to Jesus. That's an active present tense verb, looking to Jesus. 
And so we saw that Jesus is the source and the supreme example of our faith. So all those things were in chapter 11 in the first part of 12. And this week, he, he moves from the plan, pattern, and purpose to going into the training that he brings into the life of us. And he ended up, we ended up chapter four before last week by saying, you've not yet resisted to the point of blood. And that's what, you know, what he's saying. You might've heard this on the football field sometimes. Come on, you wimp. Hmm. It's going to get a lot tougher than this when you play that team. Right. And so that's basically what he's saying to these people. He's saying, you people haven't resisted to the point of blood. You know, I know very few people in my life who, because of their faith, have been beaten or killed. You know, I I, I don't know many at all. I know I know a few that have been beaten, John Monger being one, and I know Dawa Singe suffered some consequences for his faith. But he's saying, you haven't resisted yet. And then he goes into teaching them about suffering. And when we come back from this break... We're going to open up today in 5 through 17. Really, we're going to look today at just verses 5 through 11. And we're going to start to look at three reasons that God brings discipline into our life or suffering. He call, He's regarding suffering as discipline for them. And so when we come back, I want people to think about how they define discipline. When you think of discipline, what do you think of? Mm. You know, what do you say- think? Uh, doing what's right. I guess that's integrity, but they kind of go hand in hand is the ability to do what needs to be done. Yeah, that's a good definition. It's operating within certain parameters that are set by the authority over you. Mm. That's discipline. Uh, On a football field, it's the coach. He sets the parameters that you operate. And if you're disciplined, he keeps you within those parameters. So when we come back, I want you to be thinking about those questions for our listeners and how we view suffering and our faith race. How do we view it and how do we respond to it? All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We would also like to give a shout out to our listeners listening here locally, 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkston, Georgia. As I said before, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. Yeah. 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is David Crowder with Red Letters. If you are just joining us, we have been talking about Hebrews. I've been going through the book of Hebrews. Today we're going to be looking at Hebrews 12, um, and we'll be looking at verses 5 through 17 uh, this week. But just before the break, Doug gave a rundown of kind of what the whole uh, book of Hebrews has been leading up to this point. So if you missed that, you can listen to our podcast uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, or you can go to uh, www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com to listen to anything that you missed. Hey, uh, so Taylor, you know, before we went to break, I, I asked, you know, how we view suffering in our faith race and how we respond to it because the writer is writing them because they're, they are suffering, they're struggling and they're wanting to go back. They're being persecuted. So He's addressing it as discipline, and I'm going to have you read the passage in a minute, but before I do, when I was playing football in high school, we had a couple of guys on the team that were very, very good, but they also had discipline issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. And because they were good, they were allowed to be undisciplined, and they eventually got kicked off the team, it seemed like, every year. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have guys like that? I know you played college football. Did you ever have guys that, because they were really talented, they had like natural ability, they were given passes on discipline sometimes? Yeah, especially in high school. That had that a lot. Um, and that and it, never worked uh, out good for those players, did it? Nope, it didn't work out good for the team either. Yeah, yeah. it's terrible. But I, I want to say this about the Christian life. There are no naturally gifted faith runners. Hmm. Nobody runs the race of faith naturally. You have to have the Holy Spirit. You have to have God's word directing us and training us and encouraging us. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that discipline uh, definition that we, we shared before we went to break is operating within certain parameters set by the authority over us. That's what discipline is. Now, for me, I got spankings all the time growing up, man. I got beat with a belt. My dad beat me, um, and it was a beating. It wasn't It wasn't a spanking. It, I mean, uh, my mom used to tell me, go out and pick a switch off the tree. And a switch, if you don't know what that is, that's a limb mm-hmm. that you use to sting those legs and make you remember not to do what your mom told you uh, not to do. Yeah. And if you and, got the wrong size one, you'd be like, yeah, don't make oh, me go pick I it. I know, I know. If you make me go yeah. pick it, it's going to be worse. So, you know, the other day, Matthew McConaughey was on a news channel being interviewed about his new book called Green Lights. Mm. And in that book, he, um, he talked about how his dad beat him growing up for three things. He beat him for saying, I can't, instead of, I need help. Mm. He beat him for lying, and he beat him for saying, I hate you. Hmm. And he said, when I look back on those beatings, some of my friends consider those violent or violence. And he goes, I don't. I consider them love stories, love, love tales, because my dad loved me, and he wanted me to grow up and be productive. He wanted me to grow up and be transformed. And he goes, those beatings transform me. And you got a whole generation today growing up, and I know you're a young dad. Congratulations. Yeah. This is your first time in. 
uh, since the baby was yep. born. I didn't even ask you. I'm sorry. The first segment, I should have asked you. Tell everybody the baby's name. Uh, it's Sayla Aria Johnson. Yeah. yeah, and mom and baby are doing fine. Doing awesome, yeah. And uh, But as you raise up Sayla, it, you will understand words that I didn't understand when I was being beaten. You probably got beaten and didn't understand mm-hmm. it. When your dad or mom looks at you and say, this is hurting me more than it hurts you, <laughs> you go, right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you don't believe it, but it's true. And, and because they're disciplining you to make you more productive that what they want is your life to be transformed by those beatings because yeah. it's discipline right yeah and uh you know i think of that uh folly is bound in the heart of a child but the rod of discipline will drive it far from them yeah and i know that so well because i did something wrong and i was a little older spankings maybe were not gonna work my dad made me write that like a thousand times <laughs> on a sheet of paper to remember um and then he also one time he spanked himself instead of spanking me and talked about you know, Christ uh, taking our punishment. And I remember that, but I do remember some beatings where yeah, well, <laughs> the belt wrapped around my well, leg. You know, and, I yeah. did that to my son, Russ, and I think I did it to Ryan. And so I think I did it to all three of my kids at some point where I took their spanking and I told them if they didn't hit me hard and make it hurt, then you know what? Um, then they're going to have to keep spanking me. Mm. Uh, the more they're going to have to do it. And, you know, my oldest son just cried like a baby when he did. I think he was seven Mm. and um, it really had an impact on him. But here's the thing. The Bible doesn't say, you know, put your kid in timeout. Mm. Timeout is not going to transform your child. It's not. The Bible specifically talks about the rod. It doesn't talk about taking away their favorite toy. And, what happens is when you associate pain with a consequence, it makes the children not want to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, it has to be lovingly applied. You don't want to mm-hmm. abuse your child. Nobody's advocating for that amount of, you know, pain. Yeah. You know, and I encourage people to do what we were encouraged to do. You can go to Home Depot and get little the, the, the smallest dowel rod for paint that you can get. Mm. It's tiny. It will break before you abuse your child. Hmm. And so you get that. Now, it will sting them like a switch off a tree, but you're not going to abuse your child like that. And and when your child is taking a screwdriver, going to poke it into an electrical socket, you better somehow communicate to that child pain so they don't go over there and end up killing themselves mm-hmm. because that's why we bring pain is discipline to train. That's what a loving parent does. They do that. And in this text today, as we're running the faith race, God's calling us, first of all, to embrace his discipline, and second, to encourage his disciples. We're in this together, like a team. And so there's two main ideas in verses 5 through 17. First is embracing his discipline, 5 through 11, and then um, encouraging his disciples. Today and tomorrow, we're going to look at embracing his discipline, what that actually looks like. So I'm going to have you read it, Taylor. Then we're going to come back, and we're going to look at three reasons that God brings discipline into our life. All right. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be wary when he... reproved by when reproved by him excuse me 
For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to, you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and life? Oh, and live? For they uh, disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that when what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it may become defiled, that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. May God bless the reading of his word. And in verse 5, he starts off here saying, And have you forgotten the exhortation? that addresses you as sons. So when he says, have you forgotten? He's saying, have you forgotten what? And he, and he, he gives them a quote from Proverbs. So remember last week we talked about Romans 15, four, where Paul says, these were written for your Mm -hmm. instructions. This is where you get encouragement. The old Testament, you sent me an article uh, where John MacArthur wrote an article for the daily caller or daily wire daily Daily wire Wire. daily wire and uh in it he talks about how one pastor a very popular pastor says we don't need the old testament anymore and the writer here is saying have you forgotten the old testament Mm -hmm. have you forgotten proverbs why was proverbs written if you go back and you read it many of the proverbs are written like from the perspective of a father to its son right Mm -hmm. raising him disciplining him the word discipline is 10 times in verses 5 through 11. It's the Greek word padea, which means instructing children. And so that's what he's talking about. So our suffering actually instructs us. It helps us. It disciplines us. It brings us within these parameters. It transforms us. So uh, he gives uh, a caution here at first from that proverb. He says, don't regard it lightly. And then he says, don't faint. In other words, don't blow it off and don't let it knock you over. Mm. He's just saying, take it for what it is. But then he gives us an encouragement. He says, you know, it's like a father and a child. The reason a father disciplines his child is because he loves him. It's a difference between punishment. When we come back, I want to talk about that uh, a little bit more. All right. We will be right back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. 
If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Radio. If you are just joining us, we are talking about Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 17, and we're talking about uh, discipline. So if you have any questions or uh, comments and would like to call in or uh, email us, you can do so by calling in at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Um, you know, Taylor, before we went to break, I was bringing out verses five and six that you read from what was, uh, a quote from Proverbs three. And if you remember, uh, if you learned any verses growing up in Proverbs, mm-hmm. you learned three, five and six, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Um, he's going to direct you, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to direct your past, but Proverbs three, 11 and 12 is what he says, don't regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Don't be weary when reproved, for he, the one he loves, he disciplines, and he chastises every son whom he receives. Now, a lot of times believers view suffering as punishment from God. In fact, they think even if they, like, let's say you sin, you make, you, you make a bad choice. 
you get selfish, you get, you know, just um, you start thinking about yourself and you choose to make an immoral choice, then something bad happens and you think God is punishing me. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't punish his children. He disciplines his children. Mm-hmm. He allows discipline to come in their life and they may be severe consequences but he doesn't punishment that is wrong terminology jesus took 100 percent of our punishment for our sins yeah he on the cross he paid for all of our sin and so uh, punishment is for enemies it's god's wrath but discipline is for god's children it's a father-child relationship, not an adversarial relationship mm-hmm. um, that brings punishment. Romans 8.1 says there's no condemnation for those in Christ. And so we've got to keep that in mind. So he goes into verse 10 and 11, and he basically he talks about discipline. And I want to bring out three things, three reasons, and we're just going to get into the first part today. We'll finish it up tomorrow. The first reason God disciplines us as children is for correction. It, it transforms our lives, like Matthew McConaughey said with his dad. It, it strengthens us. Um, it, you know, in First Peter five ten, it says, after you've suffer, suffered a little while, in fact, let me read it real quick. First Peter five ten, and and we're, and we're just going to probably touch on this. And then, if people want to call in, they're welcome to. First Peter five ten says, after you've suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who's called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. But what does it say happens first? Suffering. I mean, that, that suffering is discipline that God brings into our life. And, you know, uh, James 1 says to count it all joy mm-hmm. when you suffer. Yeah. Why? Because it's going to uh, make you perfect. It says the testing makes you perfect. You remember back in 1 Corinthians 11, 11 when um, they took the Lord's Supper in an unhealthy yeah. way? They, mm-hmm. they, they, they were just kind of making light of it. And they were abusing it instead of using it for what it was meant for. And what does God say happened through Paul? What did Paul write? He said, some of you have become sick. Mm -hmm. Some of you have died. Mm -hmm. That was God's discipline. That was his discipline coming in there. And, And so what happened to the people left behind? Do you think if they saw people getting sick and dying after Paul wrote that, they go, well, let's do it anyway? Yeah, yeah. No. After your dad just whacked you or my dad whacked me for doing something we weren't supposed to do, did we go right back around and do it again? No. It was those spankings and that rod that corrected us and transformed us like Matthew McConaughey said. I love what he said. He said, I didn't think about the short-term pain. What I thought about was the long-term gain. Mm. Now, I, I mean, this is coming from a guy. I don't know where he's at faith-wise, but that's what the writer's trying to get across, is that a loving father is going to bring discipline. I don't know anybody that looks at undisciplined kids and celebrates that and goes, yeah. wow, I I love that. I love watching those kids be undisciplined. Nobody celebrates that. Mm-mm. No. Why? Because undisciplined means that you operate within any parameters you want. Does that? I remember one time 
being really frustrated because I felt like some of my friends growing up, they got to do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, man, my dad and mom, they don't ever let me do anything. They, they I, I watch all my friends. They get to do this mm-hmm. and get to do that. But it was those parameters that my parents set and enforced with me that trained me to even be able to go in the Marine Corps later because yeah. I was able to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And and I look at those kids who who uh, didn't have the parameters. You know why they didn't have them many times? Because they had no relationship with their folks. Yep. Their folks were too busy doing other things. They weren't taking an active role in their life to train them. And you're not doing your children any favors if you don't discipline them. Mm-mm. And you may think that it's, it feels okay and, and you're their best friend, but God did not call you to be your child's best friend. He called you to be their parent. He called you to train them and instruct them in the ways of the Lord. He called you to not spare the rod, yeah. but to use the rod in an instructive, disciplined way. And a it's, lot of times those children grow up kind of resenting their parents for not they feel like they didn't care about them enough, you know, to, to discipline them and show them the right way to go. And so looking back, you and I both look back now and we go, it was a good thing. Yeah. But at the time it, we didn't think so Mm-mm. because why it seems painful yeah. at the time. Well, he's writing to them and he's saying, God's calling you to embrace his discipline. Do you embrace it? I mean, do we want it? I mean, I know it's unpleasant, but you've got to embrace it for what it is, not what the enemy comes to. You know what he says? The same thing he said to Eve in the garden. God doesn't really love you. Mm. If he loved you, you wouldn't be going through this. It's the same thing Job's wife said. Go ahead and curse him. Just curse him and die because it's ridiculous to try to keep going through this. But even in Job, and we're going to see tomorrow, and um, when we look tomorrow, we're going to see how God used discipline of suffering in Job's life because uh, there's three ways that he uses it. We, we touched on correction today. Tomorrow we're going to touch on protection and instruction. And in Job's life, it was instructional. But what he's saying to these people is embrace his discipline. And he reminds them at the very beginning, remember verse five, have you forgotten? And, and, and so I, my encouragement to you, if you're listening today, is go back and read the Old Testament, read Proverbs, read Psalms, read Job, you know, read the the Pentateuch, Genesis through, uh, uh, you know, Deuteronomy, and and let God use his word to show you how he's used suffering in the life of his saints to deepen them. The problem with our church today, Taylor, um, and even John MacArthur brought it out in that article, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that tomorrow in the, the first part of the program, is we are a quarter inch deep and five miles wide. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you have no depth, how do you, it, what, what happens to a football team with no depth? <laughs> they get, they get smacked and, and the, and when any adversity comes around, cause yeah. you know, you lose one person and oh, everything's that, built yeah. around that. Mm-hmm. You've got to have depth. And in the Christian life, we have to have depth and God gives us discipline and suffering to bring depth to our life. Yep. So if you're in the middle of that, can I encourage you to um, even think like Moses, who considered the reproach of Christ greater, greater than the riches of Egypt. Yeah. Now, it's one thing for us to read that, 
But I mean, when, when he taught Moses didn't know Christ except in a future kind of mm-hmm. prophetic way, but he considered the suffering that suffering greater than all treasures. And I think with the health and prosperity preachers out there and everybody, even, even what I call prosperity light in a lot of what you would call evangelical conservative churches, people just assume that their life is going to be rosy, rich, and comfortable. Yeah. And, and we won't be afflicted as we live the Christian life. But it's that affliction that deepens us. And tomorrow we're going to look at what Paul said about the thorn in his flesh. We're going to look at Job, two guys that endured a lot of persecution. But what happens? They're very deep. You can't read Job and get to 42 and go, Job was a shallow guy. Mm -hmm. No, he was deep. Paul was deep. And so I hope this will encourage you as you think through your own walk. I mean, um, as you hear this, do you anything pop into your mind? Well, yeah, I was when you were talking about discipline, I was thinking because you know, like like you said today, we were talking about in the context of correction, but then I was thinking about growth. So I was glad you were like, oh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow because <laughs> I was like, that is something, especially in the church uh, in America, where we don't have as much adversity to be able to find ways that God's leading us to be disciplined to grow. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm excited to talk We about don't that. have it yet. Yeah, true. Yeah, because I think <laughs> It may be coming. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. By I think. the way, get out and vote. You can vote early. Christians, go vote. Yeah, go I, vote. I voted today. Yeah. I voted early. So yeah, make sure you get out there and vote and make sure you tune in tomorrow because we will be back with more. Um, we would like to give a special thanks again to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as Tom Neal Trucking, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. And if you would like to sponsor the program, you can email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. Uh, we will see you tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual